1: Welcome once again to the Leeds That Podcast, episode 172. I'm James, and today I'm joined by Rocco Dean. Hello. And Andy. Hello. Today we're discussing our 4-3 comeback versus Bournemouth, and Jean-Kevin Augustin and Victor Orta. So, uh, what even is Leeds United? <laughs> it's a complex thing, isn't it?
0: it certainly is. Yeah, what, a, what an absolutely ridiculous game. When Well, I might as well set the tone straight off. When we're 3-2 down, I text my mate saying... Go on, win it 4-3 and get rid of him anyway. Be brave.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I said to uh, Paul at halftime, I went, I know it's 2-1, but I think we'll win this 3-2. But Then they scored. And I went, we still might win this. I've got a bit of a rant. Are you interested or shall I leave it out?
1: Is it the right time to rant? Will we get to that rant naturally?
2: I just, <laughs> am I really wrong, right, that we've beat Liverpool and I should be buzzing off it? And I'm annoyed that I'm not buzzing off it. And then we've won four three at home after being three one down, and I'm fuming. <laughs> Is there something fundamentally wrong with me? I didn't celebrate a single goal against Bournemouth, even with the madness going around that everyone's saying. Oh, it sounds like there's eighty thousand here, not this. I'm going. I'm stood there just like pretty irritated. And the only time that happened last time at Leeds game was when we were away at Brighton and we went two 0 up. I was on a Friday night. I had a great day. Met Dot Cotton. It was two 0 up. He and did
1: meet.com, they... there's a photo of it. It was I've brilliant seen
2: it. in a Brighton kebab house at Nobad o'clock. We'll share it on social media. Oh, right. So anyway, two it up, it goes three two, and Ross McCormack scores an equaliser in the ninety-nine millionth minute, and it goes three all. And everyone's celebrating that we've like won the World Cup or something. And I was just fuming then as well, because we should never have been in that situation. And this is what it feels like. I, is there something wrong with me, boys, that we've lost we've won four three, but in my head, we should never be losing 3-1 at home to Bournemouth, ever. What, what was that? But is that me being a... Am I just being stupid? And after the last few years, I've been like warped into thinking we're better than we are. Is this now our level and we should be buzzing that we're beating Bournemouth 4-3? Or should that just be a walk in the park like I thought it should have been? Am I wrong? I think we should
0: be buzzing about beating them 4-3 without a doubt, yeah, but I can see where you're coming from because I'm worried now that this result will end up doing us harm in the long run and and yeah, and I feel bad and guilty for that and I hope that he, he does turn it around, but yeah, it's, you know, after Liverpool, I was, you know, Jesse in, he's, you know, he's shown that he deserves a chance and I just don't, I just think we won that game in spite of him. Like to be three one down and playing like we did, it could have been five or six down. And then, you know, they just went hell for leather and, and they got it back. And it sort of made me he's <laughs> given me more faith in the players and less faith in in him, sadly.
2: Well, we'll probably go into it in more detail. Sorry, Jim, I'm hijacking this. <laughs> I watched it, watched it back, watched the goals back on match today, and at the time I was like, those are crap goals to concede. And I stand by it, but there were two of them were very good finishes. But it could have been five one at half time, and that's the worry.
1: Well, we'll get to match today because I know there was actually some really good points that were made by Danny Murphy, which oh, makes me squirm. Like at the thought of me actually agreeing with him, his gargoyle face for once. But um, <laughs> after the uh, well, the first minute of the game was,
2: was... <laughs> that was personal, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've I've got beef that dates back to the game that he mentioned, which was the four three versus uh, Liverpool when Matt Dukes scored four. So what's anyway,
2: what your beef for that quickly? Because I've got beef for that. His face. <laughs> Oh, just as nice. Oh. Mine was I had a ticket, but I pulled a sickie from school the day before. My dad was a teacher at said school, and he was like, "Oh, you can't be going to the game if you've been poorly. You'd have to miss it." So I was like, "Oh no!" He went, "Have you been faking?" I was like, "No, dad. No, 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 no." So we bought it on Premiership Plus for ten quid, and it's the best bastard game of all time. And I'm sat there, chucking paracetamols down the side of my bed, so he can't tell me off. Let oh. me guess—you didn't enjoy that either. I, I enjoyed that one. I just—I felt <laughs> sick as a parrot, mate.
1: <laughs> so for first minute, we get a penalty. Summerfield is through on goal. A he's done brilliantly, and he's taken down. We get a penalty. Excellent stuff. Screams of uh, West Brom at home when Pablo scored that early goal, and you think, "Here we go. This is the momentum we need uh, to to carry us through the rest of this game." It all turned pretty quickly on us. I think uh, their goal was four minutes later, or something like that. Mm. And it just felt like, um, you know, I, I think everything that you hear comes to Leeds is defending is is awful. And I think that's a really broad because you then look immediately at Christensen, Cooper, Cott, Pascal Strike, whoever's playing in defence, but it's actually defending across the whole team. And it's more that, like, we, we mentioned it before, so we might as well go into it. And that, Danny Murphy did point out that, you know, Leeds are, have a really high sort of midfield, a midfield block that is designed for us to press when they're moving the ball around their defense. And because it's so high up, they just ping a ball over the top. They're then through on the wings and in on goal. And, and it's, it's, it looks so basic when you see it in the flesh, you're like, how, how has this even happened? But it's the way we are set up against those teams, you know, against Arsenal, against Chelsea, all those sides we can be in that position because they'll pass it around the back and they'll try and build up play and not just ping it over the top. But it does not work. It didn't, It it, against teams like Bournemouth and it didn't work against Wolves in the first game of the season at home. And it's it's weird then for Jesse Marsh to be directly asked it about Gary Lineker and him say, we weren't aggressive enough. (laughs) It's like, surely we need to be less aggressive and sit and prepare for those coming in. So then we can just build up our play again. It, that, that was the thing that baffles me about it. And I don't know whether it's something that we'll see be fixed. And I also wonder if his mindset is kind of a bit to be else's in, in that it's like, we're going to concede goals, but we'll always score more.
2: The thing is those defenders are good defenders. They're just being told to do the wrong thing in my book Here's a question for you that I asked a few people around me on Saturday. With this squad at the moment, I personally think, on paper, with the positions we've got, we're the strongest as a team we've been since we came up with a team of players. Agree? With a squad, the whole squad. Not individuals, as a squad, right? Possibly. Possibly. if If you give any of our previous managers that squad, do we concede three against Bournemouth? I don't think so. It could have been 5-1. I think even if you had Dave Ockaday, right, with those players playing, I think he wouldn't have that going. It sounds like a bold statement, but we wouldn't be playing that kind of formation and we wouldn't be getting chips over the top, uh, diagonals, and you're done. Steve Evans... he wouldn't have let that happen, would he? he he's, a, he's a div too. Steve Evans,
1: God, I can't believe his name's been mentioned.
2: That's James Rockaday you... Junior. What's he called? <laughs> Junior <laughs> Lewis. Junior, that's the badger, yeah. Oh, mate. Sorry, uh, I'm gonna write Debbie down. Can you tell?
0: Uh, James, you mentioned Bielsa, so you've you've creaked the door open. I'm gonna barge it and, and <laughs> well, get that's right an it right. obvious
2: one, isn't it? Go on. No,
0: right. So do you know what annoys me? Like the people that defend Marsh by saying, "Oh, yeah." had Bielsa and conceded six or seven goals a game. I look through the stats. It's absolute rubbish, right? So against the top teams, obviously, in the end, you know, we were getting battered. Against the other 14 teams last season, we conceded 21 in 17 games under Bielsa. And that was including in the last two games, the Everton and the Villa game. We both, we conceded three in each of them. They were the first time we conceded more than two goals in a game under Bielsa last season, even without Cooper and Phillips. Against the other fourteen, Bielsa's team could defend. It's it's a nonsense. Like at the end, they looked really demoralized, and I'm not going into whether he should have been sacked, but they the way defend, they defended, I agree. But <laughs> the way the way that we defended was good. It worked against the other teams. The players were one on one, and we had a spare man back that covered. Like we had a spare man. Now we've got one less man back. Like it it doesn't make sense. And the way that Bielsa defended turned us into this team that got us promoted like everyone just forgets that just because what we got spanked by the best teams four times in a row and and obviously the Villa and Everton games weren't great but like everything that went before that with those tactics were why we were getting results so it, it's not a small sample size you know Bielsa's team could defend and it really annoys me that people just have thrown that out of the window Jesse Marsh has conceded 20 goals in 10 games against the other 14 this season and I know he's done loads better against the, the big six. So, you know, fair play to him on that. But yeah, the point is, Bielsa team could defend. It's a myth that they couldn't.
1: The other thing as well is that um, you obviously mentioned there, Andy, around this. I don't
2: actually think Dave or Steve Evans, are doing a good job, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it was devil's advocate. But I think like he, uh, Uwe Rosler in his pomp could have done. I think the,
1: the whole Bielsa thing is, is a difficult one because we don't want to sound like we're bringing it all back up again, even though we are. Uh,
2: <laughs> it's hard not to, though, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is because it's recent history, and that's like our that's our barometer for success, isn't it? Is is Bielsa, and it's it's difficult. It's difficult because I think a lot of players did peak, and if if this team existed now and under Bielsa, I think we would be a different beast altogether. And there's there's and and defensively, we would be a lot stronger than where we are because I think he's more tactically astute than than Marsh and what we currently have.
2: When you've had prime Argentinian steak, why do you want a wet Wendy's burger? You know what I mean.
0: Yeah, but I also just want to say on the back of my run, like I'm, I'm not saying I want Belsa back, and I'm, and I'm the the reason you, you do that, don't you? No, I do. Yeah, no, I honestly don't. To be fair, I don't. You know, that's that's gone. It, it, it won't be the same. But um, what choice have you got but to compare Marsh to Belsa? You have to because you know it's the only other example. So we have to. You know, we have to compare the two. Is what we've got now better? Is it working better than before? I mean, we're twelfth in the league, but what are we, two points off the relegation zone or three? Um, you know, it, it's such a hard thing because we are just on the back of two amazing results and like the way we're talking is is, you know, probably harsh, but I don't know. I just I just it's, see through it.
2: See, that's why I'm concerned. Well, not concerned, it's why I feel weird about feeling the way I do at the minute. Yeah. Because it it's it's is it me? Am I the issue? Am I the issue, guys?
1: You're always the issue. We, we need
2: fallback. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's not get carried away here, Rocco. Come on. It's never, it's never going to be that bad. But,
1: so, so, the way we're, we're talking now, we are definitely in our first half mindset. The first half was an absolute yeah. slog, and it could have easily been, like we said, it could have been four or five one at, at half time. Should have been. The, been. The, the, the thing with Bournemouth as well to this point in the league is that they've been scoring higher than their expected goals, which means they've just been clinical when they've got the efforts on goal. They've just, they've scored basically. So they've done done really well. And that's kind of what happened with their first two goals. The team were booed off at half time, or maybe not the team, maybe it was the manager, probably a bit of both. And I remember in the post match, Cooper was sort of kept repeating, you know, about the fans booing and trying to sort of make light or understanding of it and there's an element of them that i think just didn't really like it, it reading into the undertone of it and, and marsh saying it as well but we had every right to boo like it, it was absolutely awful it was it felt like we'd slipped into you know the last two or three months and that we were just going to drop out the game and lose the points in what was a critical you know it was a critical game Um we really needed the win off the back of of, of the liverpool game and I think it was justified. And I think they're the moments sometimes where fans really do need to voice their opinion because it, it does put a rocket up the team to say this isn't good enough. Had we have all just clapped them off,
0: what would they have come out and thought was okay, you know? So I think um I think at times it was unfair. Like when I think Cock did a pass that was intercepted and everyone started booing straight away. And and I actually thought when he did that pass, I thought like he should have just played it back to Melia. And I, I honestly thought he hesitated because he thought the crowd would groan and he tried a, a better pass and, and it was even worse. And then there was a point in the second half when Aronson took a terrible free kick and everyone started booing. And like that felt sort of personal against those two players. And it wasn't, it was just frustration. But I thought they were a bit unfair, but then almost out of nothing at 3-1, they just, you know, completely
2: turned it around and, and were right behind them. That's the word, frustration. Yeah. And that sounds like really dead obvious I'm frustrated because I know how good this team can be. And I do want Marsh to do well. You know, I'd love it if he was, suddenly was good. He just needs to get defensive coaching. Like, uh, if Danny Murphy can see it, then flipping heck, world's gone to pot. I think it was a
0: funny atmosphere all around. Like like I don't know if you noticed, but like the minute silence, um, well, it was even a minute silence, they're playing the last post, which they do every single year. And then after the, you know, after that finishes, everyone's silent for a minute. Like throughout the whole performance like i don't know like the whole cup was like shushing each other it was all, like everything was just it felt ready to pop at any time even in the even in what was supposed to be a silence and in the end it didn't happen everyone just applauded but yeah it just it felt jittery from the start it just felt like it was just waiting to to go off um which is weird on the back of the liverpool result as well and maybe i'm just reading far too much into something no. that won't
2: there i think you're right mate i i think it was the whole thing was odd I, 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 there was the feeling for me that he got lucky with his subs. I feel he got. I don't know why he hooked Harrison. I'm guessing it must have been tactical. Also, Harrison didn't have his best game by any stretch, but he's pivotal to what we do a lot of the time. But he was running around like a bit of a headless chicken, wasn't he? Trying to Har- play every position, wasn't he? In first half, Harrison's
1: a, an interesting one because the more and more you see him play, and the more you see how he treats training in pre-season where he kind of goes and does all his dribbling and fitness stuff and he posts it on Instagram that you think he's actually one of those players that prefers things to be quite prescriptive and then if he's given free reign I don't think he can necessarily do it he's not like a creative player is he he's very much like I know where my passing lanes are and that's it and when he's out on the right, he just looked lost because yesterday he just didn't know who to pass it. I think I counted like five or six passes that he just sprayed blindly to no one. Taking him off was the right thing to do. I think he was having a bad game, and mm. and the opposite of that, um, Willian Yonto coming on and you know he had a good uh, cameo against Liverpool. Everything that people have said over time, like Phil Hay posted some athletic stats on him and saying you know you're not going to get like an in-the-box type striker from Nyonto you're going to get someone who dribbles and is a more creative player
2: well James stop talking like that mate he's not ready for the Premier League our international Italian world beating super child who's going to be the next best <laughs> thing he's not ready for the Premier League we've been told by the gaffer he's nowhere near yeah, he got a lucky forty five minutes man of the match performance against Bournemouth. And yeah, he luckily set up the winner against Liverpool. But mate, take your head for a shit. He's not ready.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that was uh that was misinterpreted all that stuff because
2: he only repeated it five times, so it must have been
1: <laughs> <laughs> But no, but when when you know when we were talking about not signing him and signing him in like a year's time, it was all like he's won for the future. I think it was that, one for... we
2: did that with Gakpo, didn't we?
1: <laughs> but he said mm. it was. They said it was one for the future because he wasn't available at the time. And then at the end of the window, he did become available. So it wasn't as though they didn't think he was good enough.
2: It's because they don't want to pay. Mate, I'm so cynical about it. They said that he's not ready. It, it's nonsense. They signed him out of panic when they couldn't sign anybody else. And I I'm bl- glad they I, did.
1: I believe it's pronounced nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. And so the other substitute as well, um, which came a few minutes later, was. Was hooking off rocker for Sam Greenwood. Do do Rocker's legs just go at like sixty minutes in? Is that what it is? And
2: when he did a, a poor game, didn't he? Which was uncharacteristic. Well,
1: when Green when he signaled for Greenwood to come on, I said to uh, guys next to me, "I was like, why why is he not bringing click on? Like, yep. we need we need someone in the middle to stabilize this. Not not Sam Greenwood, who I th- I thought was just kind of going to kind of be a passenger in it. Yep. I was so unbelievably wrong."
2: Yeah, I think everybody was. I, I, did you feel the same, Rocco? I was going, oh, yeah. "Bloody hell, is he doing?" And in, in fairness to him, that was a masterstroke. I'll give him that one. Unless, as they say, it's luck again. He's got lucky with kids.
0: I think the. Um, I was going to make a point on Rocco as well. You said that he, you know, had an uncharacteristic bad game, but I, th- I felt this about Adams as well. Like in the first half, there's just you know, cause everything's so central and there's no space. There's no one to pass to, you know. There's no balls to pop off to anybody. All they, you know, they've got one shot, one pass, and it's out wide to the fullback, who then has to turn inside. And so, like, it's really hard for Adams to do what he did against Liverpool. And, and you know, when when there's no one, you know, there's no movement, there's no vibrancy, and you know, just no options for him to do anything.
2: You see, I thought he had a really good game, Tyler Adams. Uh, well,
0: he did it. Yeah, second half as it as it opened up, he was he was absolutely awesome. He came into his own. But like, even for, you know, on the ball in the first half, he. I don't know. There's just no I don't I didn't think he played badly in the first half. It just there's no way of shining in that in that system.
2: Have you heard of the American rapper Tyler the Creator? Oh. We've got we've got Tyler the destroyer. And boy, it feels good. Especially when he's on it.
1: That probably have a special mention for him, no doubt. Um but
2: so Tyler Adams fan of the match award.
1: Yeah, pretty much that. Uh Sam Greenwood then so he came on, started taking our corners so we can take corners we have got someone who can take corners and for me on his
0: own as well he didn't need another man to whisper to
1: (laughs) yeah well you say that but near me um luke alien was there at the corner warming up and he was saying just calm down you've got this just just do what you usually do i I like that he can beat the first man i mean that's that's a starting point isn't it and maybe as well you know the goal from liam cooper came because Bournemouth probably set up thinking this is going to go at the front post we don't even need to watch the back post
0: the beautiful delivery. It really was. I mean, the goal. God. I mean, that was just stunning. Like The way he did that, the way he was so composed, just stroke it into the corner like that. Ah, oh, I loved
2: it. it with beautiful. his weak foot. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that. it was right in front. Of, we were right behind it. It was beautiful. It was signposted, wasn't it? He makes a
0: little movement with it after he's hit it. It's just like, just so brilliant with his weaker foot is just incredible he can strike it like that
1: he's a good lad is Sam and uh, yeah like I was saying and I jumped ahead actually talking about the corner that that Cooper jumped at well and there was something about his his celebration or lack of celebration that was just very like not just get back to the center circle he just ignored everything didn't he I think he was just like that for me was you know this isn't good enough like we shouldn't have been in this position at all
2: and I think he was like that in his post-match interview the one you alluded to on match of the day it, it just looked irritated. He, I think he looked how I felt. We shouldn't be doing this against Bournemouth. We should be buzzing. We've just done that. But then you see him come down the tunnel on the, on the Legion United Twitter afterwards. He's screaming, come on.
1: It's, it's interesting football, isn't it? Because you, depending on who you speak to in that team, I imagine there are such different opinions about the team performance in general you know all your front players like Somerville and Yonto they're buzzing it must be an unbelievable thing for them the defense are probably thinking great win but fucking hell it's so hard to defend like we, we, we've been made a, a mockery of like week in week out and that kind of explains his attitude and And I think that's something that really needs to be taken into account when kind of <laughs> working with those players because that must be really hard as a, as a fullback to week in, week out, get those balls played over the top of you and have to concede goals in that way. That that must be hard work for them.
2: We could see Christensen losing his head, asking Millier to come out for the second one. It was oh, like a, ask ask.
1: Well, yeah, but you, well, you could see well, Christensen
2: sorry. go over top, come out, come out. Yeah. It's like, the conversation's just not there, is it?
1: But, like, I don't think he should have come out for it. That was the thing. But I think really? it's not... It, no, I thought I, I, thought it was Christensen's to take. He just almost, like, stopped running. He was like, he's running for a treacle. Coops
2: had to go him too. Then he Coops and Christensen both went on Melier. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Melier. He, 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 he didn't get the shot away
0: until he was about 10, 10 12 yards out.
1: It's one of those, though, where Melia wouldn't necessarily come for it there because it's not on his left foot. He's so comfortable with it on his left foot. You rarely see him kicking out with his right. So I just think he probably thought, yeah, this isn't for me.
2: <laughs> we'll but it, it, it goes, it goes <laughs> back to the tactic, doesn't it, that no one knows what they should be doing. When yeah, exactly that. Over. That's yeah. the issue. It's, yeah. All them players are very good players. That back four are all internationals. Get get yeah. read on that. International footballers getting dicked by Bournemouth. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but it's not the footballers; it's the tactics. Keeper Moore's an international. Yeah, and Solanke. Slanky's an England, a proven England number nine, I think. Like Bamford,
2: Has he? Does he play? Has he have one game for England, Slanky? I, I think he has. Yeah. I'm going to get my boots back out.
0: <laughs> Can you backheel it into
2: the south stand like him, mate? That was a good finish, to be fair. Yeah. We, I, I'm just being overly harsh. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just an oddball.
1: Did you think we could do it before we got back to three all?
2: Yeah, when Greenwood scored, I,
0: I I I had an incline. Well, to be fair, I thought we conceded again. Actually, I, you know, I thought we could score the goals, but I didn't think we could keep them out. Um, but yeah, I think the fans again just, just to be honest in the ground. I, I mean, obviously it sounded loud and it was brilliant, but it won't until I watched it back on Sky Sports. Um, they do the full match re- rerun, and it sounded absolutely incredible. Like The South Stand must have just been completely on it. Um, yeah, I think we just petrified boneless.
2: But again, that's why I got annoyed by it, because I didn't enjoy it. I should be enjoying it. You, you
1: asked the question, Andy, that is this just where we are as a football club? And I think it is. I think, you know, I heard the other day on the radio, they were talking about Everton and Frank Lampard and saying, oh, he's doing a better job this season. And you know he's, he, they look Everton look good, and it's like they're a point behind us, and they've played one more game. So it's like, so what are what are our expectations? You know, have we got it wrong, and do we just need to be a bit more accepting of where we are? I think we we just it's the Leeds mentality to just go to the worst place possible when things aren't going right, and we had every right to because we had an eight game run where we we didn't get a win mm. basically. So I think it's fair, but I think t- taking the second half. Taking the Liverpool game, there's things to be optimistic about. The things to be optimistic about. Our players like Nyonto coming in and the run that he went on from deep within our own half, He got shrugged off a challenge. I think he tried to tried to pull him down or tried to knock him over and then slip it through for Somerville absolutely perfectly. You think this this is like, like this is our moment, and you think Somerville has got has got to do this. And you know, he, he did. And when it mattered, we scored yesterday. We had four attempts on target and four of them went in, which is you cannot ask for more when for all season we've been crying out for efficiency.
2: Would you say that Willie penetrated from deep.
0: <laughs> yes,
2: that's factually correct. In
0: the,
1: in the in the space of ten seconds.
2: <laughs> no one acts to show off, Willie.
0: <laughs> it was an unbelievable run. I mean, that it was so explosive. It felt it felt quicker in real life than it did um, watching it on telly back. It, ah, it just these innuendos keep going. <laughs> I don't even know what I've said, but yeah, I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> and then a lovely finish by Somerville. That wasn't dirty, was it?
1: I enjoyed um, Nyonto sort of trying to catch Somerville in the celebration and ended up just sort of diving in the air. Bless him. (laughs) Five foot five. He's tiny, isn't he? He's like a... I think someone described him as a little Rod Wallace, didn't they?
0: He's a little Yeboah. He's like just the same build. I love him. He's going to be absolutely brilliant
2: but he's not ready yet, so let's not get too excited.
0: Rocco, <laughs> he's the Italian striker that you always wanted, isn't he? No, to be honest, um, I'm still annoyed about Bellotti. He'd be perfect. He'd be absolutely perfect with these little youngsters all buzzing around him. Uh, should have just gotten them both. Um, but yeah, Nianto's not, not bad. If one of the two, I think he's all right. More Fair controversy
2: More controversy here from Mr. Andy. I wouldn't mind seeing Antonucci in this team. Not at the moment, because he's probably God. too old. But imagine Jesus. imagine a prime Antonucci getting fed all this. Let's,
1: let's get them all back. Hockaday,
2: Antonucci. Get, get, all, get, all, this, well. get all the 6-6 six, six back. Let's, I miss them. I miss, I, miss, I miss all them people who will not play for the shirt and were complete beds. I miss all of them. Shut sure, up, Andy. Um, it, was, it, it was a lot of sarcasm there. I hope that would came across well.
1: Nyonto's magic. Somerville's brilliant. Guy next to me said... When he came on at the Fulham game, Somerville shit. <laughs> and uh, since then, he scored three goals, uh, two of which have been uh, match winners. So
2: My mate, he's 17. Steve, who sits next to me, said that as well. He went, I hope he proves me wrong. He has done now, Steve. Also, hope the fireworks were great as you left 10 minutes early to set your granddaughter there. Nice one. Oh, it? no. Disaster.
0: Especially if you
2: had fireworks at Allen Road anyway. could have just stayed and watched him over the West End. Oh, sorry, this was going to make no sense to anyone, but maybe some. I call him A 17, so he used to wear a white puffer jacket, yeah? And he'd disappear around Christmas, like he took Christmas off to be in A 17 <laughs> tribute at. Game before last, he turns up in what can only be described as a back foil jacket. It was just like a mirror, and he's, he's like a 50-year-old man. Oh, sorry, not yet. He's nearly 50. Happy birthday, Steve. But it's just madness, isn't it?
1: So I've got a picture of Doc Cotton to share and a picture of Baker Foyle Jacket, which I think you've shared in our group. So I'll tag them on the uh, the tweet. After the game, Gary O'Neill said, uh, Bournemouth
0: manager, if we talk factually
1: without emotion, we were the better team.
0: I don't know who was the better team, really. Um, It was such a crazy game. But thanks for specifying who Gary O'Neill is because I honestly (laughs) didn't know who he was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did that for you, not our listeners, Rocco. Is he even the permanent manager? Or is he uh, just masquerading until they get Big Sam in? Well, on their forum, they are, <laughs> yeah, Big Sam or Daish? That's, that's always the answer, isn't it? Daesh will, this will
2: be off to Southampton because Hassan Hootl been sacked.
0: No, he hasn't, but they're planning on sacking him. They've just not decided whether they're going to give him one more game or not, apparently. Sounds mental. This was on the Bournemouth
1: Forum. Uh, So angry at that. Leeds were there for the taking. They were booing their own players for fuck's sake. But once again, we were gutless and lacked any sort of killer instinct. We literally stopped playing any sort of football. Carbon copy of last week, but against a far worse opponent. This team is so mentally fragile and not helped by a lack of proactivity from gone Gary O'Neill. Compared to Marsh, who completely changed the game with tactics and substitutions. There you go. That's well,
0: an outside perspective of Leeds United tactics. <laughs> I think I think I think I'm happy to give Marsh the credit, certainly for the subs. And I suppose you have to like you could just think that it's the players that did it, um, and that you know just playing on instinct, which is what I thought last night. But I think in the cold light of day, I think you have to just give him credit and and hope that he turned the game around and that he's going to keep keep learning nah <laughs> uh, it's oh god it's a, it's um
1: it's going to be a heavily debated thing for some time because i think i don't know is they it, they've they're always on to hiding with appointing someone to replace bielsa and he was never like whoever it was was never going to be up to that standard because it's just not. we we need like we're not at the point where we can get a world class manager. So we're always going to be on a bit of a gambling streak where it's like but camp- we had
2: a world class manager. We
1: did, we did, we did, and I don't dispute that. But in their eyes, they felt that he could no longer maintain it. And they always felt that there was a, a lifetime of having a someone like Bielsa within within the club. So they felt like they need to change it. But we had this chat on WhatsApp the other day, and a lot of clubs um in the Premier League that are kind of at our level do gamble with managers from the continent and like they'll bring in managers that they think that could potentially do it in the Premier League that's precisely what they're doing with Marsh and you know as as much as I can see what's going wrong and see where things are really frustrating that are painfully obvious like the defensive stuff that we've talked about earlier you kind of I kind of want to give it a shot because I don't want to be one of these teams that just gets to November time, and we decide, oh, do you know what? We're on the periphery of the relegation zone. We're going to sack our manager. And then it's like you've got to rebuild from a weird point in the season again. And, and I just don't think that's 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 not where we want to be as a club. But I equally don't think we would ever sack someone if they were still performing bad. Like if Marsh continues to make these same mistakes and we're just scraping results, I don't even that's not sustainable as well. So it's a really difficult
0: topic, I think. I, think I, I, the thing for me is, it, I don't think it's it's about the fact that he's replaced Bielsa. And it's not even really about Marsh. It's literally, for me, like, literally about the tactics. Like, I I wish we could just sack the tactics, you know, keep Marsh, and then just
2: play a different way that I believe in, because I I just don't believe that this is going to work. He's a a nice fella, on the surface of it. Bloody great cheerleader. He's got a bit of aggression about him on the touchline, which I quite like. I think he's probably not a bad ambassador for the club. But, actually, he's not a good ambassador for the club. That's bull. I'm arguing myself now this is what he does but you're right it's the tactics it's just the, it's so obvious and I agree with what you're saying James I don't want to go oh new manager new manager new manager leads in disarray blah 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 but he's been here for a long time now and we're seeing the same mistakes that were made in this with in the villa at home game that we lost 3-0
0: I remember the
2: Southampton
0: four three, which was about this time of the year, and at half time, again just the same. I wanted Blackwell sacked, and that was a turnaround. We got to play a final in the end when we after we came back. So it can happen, but I don't know. And the other thing is, like Red Bull, the Red Bull teams are doing well playing this way apparently. I don't know. I take everyone's word for it. I guess they are because it's the Red Bull. Tactics. They're, but They're, in no.
2: leagues, right? They're in pub leagues,
0: are they? are in pub leagues. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think that's yeah, it. I like we have done well in Champions League. And Salzburg have done well in Champions League. We've all seen the stress mm. on
1: Jesse Marsh's face the last few weeks and he is quickly understanding that this is a far different beast to the leagues that he's played in before. Yeah. And I think he, he has to adapt and survive. Otherwise, he's a dead man walking, really. And he's so, you know...
2: well, oh, yeah, No one's going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't dislike him that mate. I'd like to go for a beer with him. I don't want to murder him. <laughs> Christ. Right,
1: MVP. I mean, it's only based on uh, the second half. Let's be honest.
0: Well, I've got a hot take on MVP. Go on, I'm, I'm giving it to Christensen. I thought it was really good. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. I think he's been transformed. And my opinion of him is transformed. Like he was offering a proper outlet on the right there in the second half, especially in. I think just everything about him is getting so much better. He barely put a foot wrong for me, um,
2: so I was really, really happy with him. So well done. Did you see his dancing at the end? That was nine out of ten as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah,
1: it <laughs> was like an awkward uncle, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a really aggressive awkward uncle. <laughs>
1: I, I, I do like that on Rasmus. I do. I agree. I think he's improving, uh, and I think you know the tactics probably what's let him down as well a lot of the time so it's where he has you know been caught in two minds um but for me i think man of the match is willy nyonto i think he just made such a massive difference close between him and sam greenwood ironically for me but um yeah i just thought he was he was so good and he's we've kind of always wanted interchangeable creative forwards that can move across the line uh, mainly because we can't rely on Bamford as well. Um, and I think we're probably going to get that and it'll be interesting to see how it works out over the next few months. or Although, after the World Cup, the next few
2: months, let's say. Andy? Andy? Oh. <laughs> I'm really struggling. Come on, Andy. You've already given it to Tyler Adams. <laughs> yeah, that's just a Fox. He's the greatest player of all time. <laughs> um,
1: so he's, he's the Hall of Fame,
2: isn't he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's tricky because... I, I kind of want to go over defender too, but the defense was so shocking in the first half. It was like really bad. And I think that. I, I want to give it to Coops because I think uh, whatever he lacks in in some areas of the game, like in the Liverpool game, he made a big mistake and got away with it, and then obviously he made mistakes again before. I think he's a leader, and I think, like you say, Jim, when he when he scored and he just ran back looking completely emotionless and get everyone going. He takes it personally and I think he is Leeds and I think it hurts him. I mean, there's the old Billy Bremner isn't there that every time Leeds United concede a goal, I feel like I've been stabbed in the heart or whatever. I can't remember it word for word. I feel Coop's a bit like that and I enjoyed his interview after the game. I think he takes it personally. I think he wants to do well for the club and the city and I think he gets a lot of stick all the time. He still gets called League One Liam now and again but for me, he's he's a great leader and I think we're better with him in the team even if sometimes we're worse when he's in the team, if that makes any sense.
1: we said it before, you know, the cost of replacing someone like Liam Cooper would be 20 million. So let's save 20 million and just play Liam Cooper because he's good.
2: <laughs> and it's, just, it's I, think we're, I think we're a different team when Luke Allen's in the team as well. I think he's another leader, but I agree with Rocco. Christensen's got that place now. That's his.
1: We always try him, well... Marsh always tries to find a place for Luke Aylin late on he just sticks him on at the side of uh, <laughs> on with Christensen let's play five I want you both on go on lads it's because he's a leader so
2: Wolves in the cup this week route to Europe play the kids get them all in
0: well like, we, can't, we
2: can't play kids Living for the Spurs game will we Mark Jackson's <laughs> Barmy Army's keeper isn't Premier League at the minute <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's true get all the old heads in then I mean
1: if it's anything if we play the same team that went to Crew Alexander I don't fancy us anyway
0: God, I, I really want to win this game. I want to. Uh, I want a good cup run.
2: It's because you want a game at Illinois before Christmas, isn't it? That's what it is. It'd be Would it? Be, would it? When's the next round? I think. Don't quote me on this. I think it's something like the twenty first of December. Yeah, definitely. That's when it'll be crap though. because We'll get a really good draw, like scrum at home, right? And we can't play Tyler because he's in the World Cup final. He won't have had enough time off, really. So.
1: The main focus before the World Cup break is uh, Spurs away at the weekend, and again, this is a, a big game. It could make a um, it could make a, quite a difference to our position in the league table as well. So, you know, we're 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 sitting teetering in the in the middle, uh, around twelfth, and we could jump a few places if we get a win. So, is it possible though? Spurs are doing well at the moment.
2: Dependent on other results,
1: yeah, obviously. That's the same as any week, isn't it?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just like the way you got all giddy for it. It got me excited. Um, Well, Spurs have lost today. Spurs have just lost to Liverpool. And I thought, I said all week, I was like, we'll lose to Bournemouth. We'll beat Spurs. Or we'll beat Bournemouth and beat Spurs. I could see doing Spurs. I think you're right. Our little penis formation works against the better teams. So, I said little penis.
0: I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? Um... they'll,
2: They'll be pissed off today. After today, they they need to win, don't they?
0: They don't have any attackers, do they, apart from Kane? But Mora came on, so he'll he'll obviously play. Son's going to be out, is that right? Kulovskevsky,
2: the ginger Swede, came on today.
0: Right, so they'll all be back,
2: pretty much. I was just hoping that Kane would get a book in. But the thing is, he's not going to want to get injured before World Cup, is he? That's true.
0: It's so hard to predict, isn't it? But I can't know, you don't know. Anything's a bonus in that game for me. It's not gonna. He's not gonna get sacked off the back of losing that anyway.
2: So a loss isn't a bonus, then, is it?
0: <laughs> Might as well try and win. Uh, Leeds
2: fans, <laughs> mi- Leeds fans' minds
1: at the minute just go to what are the fixtures like. What is the point that Marsh could get sacked?
2: <laughs> but he's not going to, is he? Because now he's one two on spin. They're going to give him at least eight more. We need to give him a
1: chance. I, 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 you know, there's t- things that have been frustrating me about it, but he has won these two games. Yeah. Bournemouth we were fragile but he's won them he he deserves time Rocket last week I think you said you know he deserves a chance and here it is and a chance isn't just like 45 minutes here and there it's like what can he do over the
2: course of the next 10 games you say 45 minutes here and there but it should have been (laughs) 5-1 at home after 45 minutes to bloody Bournemouth well I did say to There's giving him a chance and it's giving yourself a shot right in the balls and (laughs) I, I did I
1: did say before the game to our friend Matthew actually that we, if we take our chances, we will absolutely stuff Bournemouth. It just so happened we couldn't take any chances or make any f- chances in the first half when we got them. We stuffed them, we just had also conceded three stuffed <laughs> them
2: by one goal. Yeah, <laughs>
1: um, yeah, Spurs, it's a funny one, hard to predict. And like you say, you know, things might go our way if Kane's got one eye on the World Cup, uh, on being fit for that, that could help us out, but you just never know if we could get three more points. It'd be phenomenal if you can get one more point. That'd be good as well. Something would be nice. Yeah. So the cast tribunal finished, or was uh, the outcome of that was announced the other day, which was for the signing of Jean Kevin Augustine. When when does he come back to Thorp Arch?
2: I started chanting his name at three one.
0: i mean i want to know honestly if they just stay silent about this i am going to be furious like they have to come out and explain what's going on there that's 18 million of our money that they've whittled away just by being arrogant and and ignorant and thinking they could just get away with it like who's advising them like we need to know this it's that is serious like misconduct it's awful they've tried to pull a fast one and got caught haven't
2: they Yeah. yeah
1: It's the sort of thing where you own your mistake, don't you? And you you do the deal and you send them out on loan and it is what it is, but it it feels... Like, obviously, we don't know the ins and outs, so everything that we say is kind of speculation on it, but they've obviously thought... It feels like they've said, can we get away with this if we just (laughs) reference some litigious thing in the contract which says, oh, we didn't complete the league on this date, so... Mm -hmm. But... Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is is ridiculous. When it when you look at the sum of money, Rocco, like you say, £18 million, pounds, the exchange rate was probably better a couple of years ago, let's be honest as well, so it's probably less than that. And uh, it's the equivalent of a couple of seasons of everyone's season tickets, you know, of, yeah. of the sales of season tickets. So it's, all, it's a massive chunk of money.
2: Now, as you've probably worked out, I ain't the smartest uh, of fellas, right? However, we've now got to pay him £18 million quid still, yeah? correct? Yes. Yeah. Now, by my maths, if we'd paid that 18 million quid and he turned out to be absolute doggers, then if we sold him for 250 grand and a packet of Snickers or something, <laughs> yeah, we'd have only lost 17 million, 750 <laughs> and a packet of Snickers, wouldn't we?
0: Well, actually, uh, sorry to defend the club on this. And this is probably the line they're going to come out with if they mention anything, but I mean, we have saved on his wages. So, like, if we had a if we'd signed up to a ninety grand a week contract or something mental, then we've saved a fair bit of money, and probably but that, that's that, but, that's the that's the thing that's potentially worrying is the next
1: phase. Now that we've been found guilty of this, that he could then also claim for his wages. So, you know, yeah.
0: the saga might not end. Can you imagine? Ugh.
1: And on top of this as well, there was a video circulating of Victor or shouting at someone. At the end of the result yesterday, shush, doing the shushing sign, saying "sack the board, sack the board, shush, shush, shush."
2: Oh, is he going to sack the board? <laughs> is he finally on side?
1: Do you know what? I like. Um, I put a thing on Instagram with the video, saying "champ or chump," and a vote on it, and it was fifty fifty, literally fifty percent. And yeah. I, I think that is author all over is he you either love him or you hate him. And you know, he has done some really good things. We have signed some really good players and we have had some awful players as well. But I think that that's that's the history of football as well and the history of Leeds United signings in general is not everyone we've signed over the years has been has been brilliant. Um, you know, I'm not talking in the last decade, I'm talking the last four or five decades, like even in the Wilkinson era in the nineties, we had some Awful players,
0: absolutely yeah. awful.
2: I think he's got a lot more dross than he's got right, though. I think he probably has. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But yeah, J- I mean, on Jorgo, Pavel Savisky, Veronica. We don't have time for this. Lawrence Deboc. <laughs> I mean, the list is <laughs> fairly endless, isn't it? I remember, yeah, Lauren, I remember
1: Lawrence DeBot came on and he pinged a ball he, like his first pass was absolutely unbelievable. After that,
0: I don't think I ever saw him again. I think um, I think like, yeah, my mates were sort of. I was I was ranting on on WhatsApp and like my mates were sort of defending him. And people have said, oh, you know, if you give it out, you should be able to take it." I completely disagree. He he he's he's supposed to be one of us, and he's shushing our fans after we've won four three. Like yeah, fair enough. If an opponent, if an opposition player shushes us after we've been abusing him, that's fine our own board like he yeah, he should yeah. take the criticism with grace and like respect like because we're not criticizing him for nothing like they have made some really
2: bad mistakes and ah uh, and look at uh, just look at, jesse, look at jesse marsh he's getting hammered all the time and he's coming out dignified and being all right about it
1: yeah i think his response is it's a tricky one because you know if you've got someone shouting sack the board in your face because they're like people in front of him saying it, then you know, your motion kick in. But I think if you work at that level in a club, you just have to grin and bear it, don't you? like and you know, be smug internally when you when you do get your victories. It's just you cross the line when you behave like that,
2: I think. And do you know what? It's nonsense too because he actually does so much for the club and does such a good job in other facets of the club. I know for a fact he's brilliant with the foundation and the work that he does there. He's just a passionate Idiot basically. He's he's like me. You know he is he's me. He's a nice fellow, but a complete passionate fool.
0: <laughs> there, there we go. You. Go on, Rocco. Yeah, it's fine. I was just gonna say he's entertaining, isn't he? At least.
2: Oh, thanks, Rocco. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably it on the football side for this week. And uh yeah, I mean it's stressful. I'm tired. Being a Leeds fan is hard work. I don't think people realise are they outside this club. Yeah, fantasy football league's still going. We're still doing awful. Make sure you enter go to LeedsThat dot com. Find a link for it. Rocco, our predictions. What did you predict for this game? Have you had a look?
0: Well, I guess I probably predicted a three four, let's say four nil defeat.
1: You, Rocco, you put three nil loss, I put two nil loss, Paul put one nil loss. So probably gonna win, aren't we? Yeah.
2: Let's have it. Let's Andy, kill him. Andy, what do you think? I think we'll win. Because it, it it's just the kind of thing we do, isn't it? At the minute, that probably leads me
1: on to a final word, and my word is uh, Leedsy. Yesterday was very, very Leedsy. Liverpool was very, very Leedsy. I don't think we're expected to get anything from Tottenham. Well, sort of game that we just might come away with three points. So,
0: my word is fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> so there was fireworks in the stadium, outside the stadium and uh you listen to Katy perry on the way home as well (laughs) (laughs) you can play us out with that if you like
2: uh my word is numb because i'm getting a little bit frustrated mainly probably like i've been saying this whole thing is it me am i the issue but i've i've not been enjoying it and i've I've, normally i've got some kind of feeling towards what's going on i'm either really happy or really sad or really angry or whatever at the minute i just feel numb and that's a real sad place for me to be with my Leeds United career at the minute.
1: Do you know what? I think it's because we are a team that are aiming for a mid-table spot, you know, whereas in the last few years... With
2: that. I'd be happy with that, though. But, I, I think you're but, right. But this, I think is, but this is the spoilt, life. Innit? We've yeah. been spoiled definitely and...
1: we've, we've been spoiled and this is the life of the team aiming for a middle middle spot it is like unfortunately and we are just in a bit of a weird stressful patch i said it last week there's a lack of vision for the from the club which is causing big problems you can see people arguing with big, the john kevin augustin stuff as well it's a mess like all that side of it's a mess and it just adds to it and the sooner it's sorted out the better at the end of the season it'll be great we'll forget all the stresses of this and we've got another chance to build on it
2: if we get 17th, it'll be bloody brilliant. Will it? Yeah. I'd text Ed up now in a heartbeat. Yeah, me
1: too. I can't cope with another half of the season being <laughs> this stressful.
2: It's all right. Paul will be back soon. I'll go back into my cave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. That's it for this week. And uh, yeah, we'll see you after the Spurs game.
2: Network.